become more aware of his presence right now. Thank you, Lord. Oh, thank you, Lord. You're with us. Your presence is tangible. Lord, without it, we're nothing. Lord, thank you. Let's become aware of your goodness, ever aware of it. See it in every situation. Change our perspective. Help us to just always turn circumstances towards you and give thanks. Okay. Hello to those who are at home and watching online. This, these prayers are for you, especially for you and for each one of us. Recently I was very impacted by a saying of St Augustine about prayer. He said, a person prays not that they may be constructed, but they may instore and not that they may instruct God. So let me read it again. A person prays not that they may be constructed and not that they... No, I've got it wrong. A person prays that they may be constructed and not that they may instruct God. How true it is that we come to the Lord with our prayer requests and we're instructed, uh, instructing God as to what we, we feel that he needs to do. So as we pray together today, I'm going to ask you to try and keep that thought in mind. We're not instructing God, but we're saying to him, do something in me, change me, that I may be part of the answer. So let's pray together. Our Father, we come to you not because of, all because of your son Jesus and his sacrifice for us. We acknowledge our need of your grace and your kindness, your loving sovereignty over all that you have created and all that you sustain. There is nothing that affects our lives or our, the lives of our loved ones that you are not already aware of. Lord, we are reminded that even Jesus said, I only do the things that I see the Father do. So, Father, today we bring before you many of our loved ones who need your healing, they need your restoration, or they need your comfort. Let's have quiet time. Is there a person that you're really been thinking about and wanting to see some change or wanting to see some healing or some restoration or comfort. Let's be quiet and think about that person. Lord, you already know the best outcome for every situation that's on our hearts. And so we rest in your awesome power to change, to create miracles, and to bring about restoration. Help us, Lord, to know that we also can be part of that answer and help us to know what it is you want us to do in each situation. Our Father, remind us as we look at many unjust 
and confusing events in our world, that you are still King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Still our hearts so that we do not become fearful or reactionary. Still us so that we are able to hear your voice of calm and have confident assurance that comes along with knowing he is sovereign. Also, Lord, give to those who have to make decisions in difficult circumstances, give them wisdom and divine insight. Even in our personal lives, if there are decisions to be made, Lord, give us divine insight and wisdom into those situations. Father, we also bring to you our church community. Help us to hear what you are saying to us, Lord. Not just be praying about things, but to hear what you are saying. And may we be a place right here and now, a place of healing, of restoration and comfort for all who walk through those doors and for each individual as you share your lives with your neighbours and friends and business acquaintances. Finally, Lord, we ask, as the Lord's Prayer says, that thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Lord, so inspire us with the heavenly perspective that our confidence is in you, Lord, in all situations that we confront. You are the healer, the restorer, and the comforter. These things we pray, pray in your name. Amen. Thank you so much, Bev, for your prayers and your insights into prayer. I want to hopefully remember that quote in the middle of the the word today because it really fits so beautifully well. Uh, Welcome, everybody. It's great to be together. Isn't it wonderful just to worship the Lord and be a community? Uh, My name's Sam Barnes. I'm the pastor here at the Hills Christian Family Centre. And if you're online, perhaps for the first time, or if you're visiting us, we just want to welcome you, as the others have welcomed you as well. Uh, Know that you are welcome here in this this place, and it's just great to be together. But I just wanted to start by just thanking Ali. Ali, thank you so much for leading us in in worship today. Um, There's this phrase that we use called worship leader, um, and... You know, we give a person an opportunity to be the worship leader, but we really need to turn that that around and and be the lead worshiper. And Ali, I really felt like you did that today. Like in the way that you sang, you're connected to the Lord, and you're worshiping. You weren't just worried about what we're doing, but you just and 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 that just influences our worship. And I just want to thank you for for that gift that you shared with all of us this morning. It was just so so beautiful. Uh, we are in the middle of, don't know when we're going to finish this, but we've got a sermon series at the moment called In His Words. And um, can I just have the PowerPoint up, guys? Is it not working? There we go. Um, and really this came about because there's this desire, if we are to be followers of Christ, if we are to, to understand what it means to live our lives as Christians then it's really important that we understand what Jesus taught. Uh, if we're to follow him, well, what did Jesus say about 
certain areas of life and about how to live and how to, to live with others and, and that sort of thing. And so it's, it'd be, be pretty silly, wouldn't it, to be, to be followers of something and not actually understand what that was all about. And so we want to be looking at the, the words that Jesus spoke as Jesus taught. What, what, was, what was he focused on? What was he teaching about? And this morning I, I want to talk about discipleship because really... I mean, if, if there was something in the crux of what Jesus was on about, kingdom of God and discipleship, really. Uh, though he spoke a lot on discipleship and what it meant to follow him, what it meant to, to lead others as, as we see him leading. And so, um, but of course, it, it would be unjust to just talk about discipleship for one Sunday because <laughs> there's so much to talk about when it comes to what it means to be a disciple. So I, this morning I just want to do a bit of an introduction, kind of lay the groundwork for what a disciple is and, and how we understand the concept of that word. And then I actually want to go off on a little bit of a tangent. We will, we will get to in, in future weeks what Jesus talked about, you know, denying yourself and taking up your cross and all of those sorts of things. But I just really felt led this morning, and I'm so thankful once again for the songs that we sang and the prayers that were prayed because I feel like the Spirit is wanting to just, as, as we do that groundwork, actually look at one thing that Jesus did as we want to follow him and, and know what it means to be a disciple like Jesus, that that would encourage us. And it really leads in well with last week. Uh, if you weren't here last week, I just encourage you to go on to our website or the podcast. We're talking about being before doing, about that, that place of actually being in, in God's presence and allowing the knowledge of who we are and what he's done for us to actually then change our, our circumstances and how we, how we live. And so that's where, where we're going to go this morning. Um, so I, I don't know, what, what do you think about when you hear the word disciple? Uh, you know, possibly growing up in the in the church, you, you might have heard people go on like discipleship courses. Um, you know that there's uh, I don't know maybe maybe it's just me, but there was this sense of well, you're a believer or you're a Christian, and then you're a super extra person when you sort of you get your certificate from going on a discipleship course or discipleship training sort of thing. Like there's this this extra level of 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 following Jesus. Um, but of course, that's not what the Bible describes as a disciple. In fact, uh, the word Christian uh, hadn't come about, um, if you were paying attention last year when we were going through the book of Acts, uh, the word Christian was first uh, coined in Antioch, the church in Antioch. Before that, people who were Christians were disciples. And the word that we understand of following Jesus was a disciple. And so all of us if we follow Jesus, if we love Jesus, are disciples, not because we've, we've got a certificate or because we've, we've done something, but as we love him and as we want to serve him and follow him, uh, we are disciples. And, of course, there, 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 there is a journey, isn't there? There is, there is a first becoming a, a believer and, and understanding what he's done for us, but then there, there, there comes this maturity and this this growing, this nurturing of what it means to follow Jesus. And for, for many of us, maybe, maybe we're just starting out on that journey. Uh, maybe this morning you haven't even yet come to that point of saying, I want to give my life 
to Jesus. I want him to be my Lord and Saviour. I want him to be the one who leads me and guides me. I want to, as he said, deny myself and, and, and come to him. Maybe you're at that point this morning. Or maybe uh, you've just made that decision. Maybe um, some of you who, who got baptised last year, you're, you're on that journey of what it means to follow Jesus because we can't know everything right from the very beginning. And as I look out on the congregation, there, there are some of us who have had many, many, many years, but I'm sure many of you would all say you're still learning. You're still on that discipleship journey. And so discipleship really means a learner. That's what the word means. It means that we are learners. We are students. And back in the day um, when, when Jesus was around, there were many Jewish rabbis who would teach and they would call disciples. And those disciples would learn from the teacher. And it was their life it was their life calling to, to be a disciple. And there's something in that, isn't there? There's a life calling that we follow Jesus. It's not just a part-time gig. But back then, they literally left everything. When Jesus called his disciples, leave your nets, follow me. It's, it's now a whole life experience. Now, I don't know, maybe the cost of living was different back then. I don't know how you were a full-time disciple and you just sat under a tree and you listened to a a rabbi all day long and, you know, how, how do you pay rent? I don't know. I don't know how that worked. But, but that's, that's what they did. That was, it was a common thing. So when Jesus calls his disciples, it was a very common thing for the time. Um, but the word, the word disciple in Greek, uh, it, the noun is mathesis and the verb is matheteo. don't know if I got that right or not. But the root word is math. So to be a disciple, you have to be good at maths. No, no, it's all right. Uh, but it's, it's really interesting where we get the word mathematics from is from that same word math, which means that which is learnt or what one gets to know. But there's a thing in all of this that it's not just that the disciples of the rabbis or the disciples of Jesus just got the knowledge. It's okay, give me the, the textbook, give me the teaching, Lord Jesus. Okay, I've got this, I know this. The assumption was and the expectation was that you not only learnt it, but you then put it into practice. And so a disciple is one who learns from Christ with the intent of putting it into practice. Someone who's committed his life to the learning and the teachings of Jesus with the intent of then putting that into practice in their personal lives. Um, we're at the moment building a shed on our property and the electrician came in the other day and I was, I was helping him do some things, not that I'm qualified or anything, I was doing the things that you're allowed to do. Um, but I was, I was thinking about this thought. You know, he's, this is an, an electrician and he would have done training, he would have learnt from his professors or whatever they're called or as an apprentice and he would have learnt what to do and what not to do. And if he didn't follow those instructions and put them into practice, at, at best, when you turn the light switch on, it's not going to work. At worst, it's going to get like zapped, right? So there's, there's a sense of learning and as an apprentice, not only just understanding in our head, but actually then 
living that out and putting it into practice. It's, it's pretty funny that, that Paul, in his letter to Timothy, he talks about those who are constantly learning but never putting it into practice. He's kind of talking down about people who just, just listen and just learn but never actually live it out in, in, the, in their lives. Uh, Soren Kierkegaard said this quote. He said, Christ did not appoint professors but followers. If Christianity is not reduplicated in the life of the person expounding it, then that person does not expound Christianity. It's basically saying this, the same thing, that there's this understanding that we actually live out what we have, have learnt. I, you know, we, we have many scholars, we have many people who, who know the word back to front, we have pastors, we have leaders, we have... Uh, you know, seminary teachers. And if we are just a teacher that just understands the teaching of Jesus and can, can spout it out or can answer a question at a, at a Q&A time and give the right answer, but if that is not then transferred into the way we live, then that is not discipleship. Discipleship is following Jesus in order to be like Jesus. Um, in fact, when we look at the great commandment, uh, great commission, sorry, Jesus said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me, therefore go make disciples. Like that's our call, is to make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit. And then we often forget this next bit and teaching them to obey. As part of discipleship is to obey what? Everything I've commanded you, not just the little bits that I like, not just the bits that fit with my calendar or my understanding or my lifestyle, but everything that I have commanded you. So, and this was the the picture of the disciples in the New Testament. They had everything in common. There was a unity in what they taught and how they, they lived. It wasn't like, well, yeah, we've, we, we believe in, we follow Jesus, but Peter, yeah, he's... He's not really on the relationship thing. He's got his own ideas about that. Or, you know, James, you know, he's, he, you know, on, he's all about works or, you know, whatever. Um, you know, the, the disciples didn't have their little, little clubs or he, he thinks differently to that person or that person's got their own view or idea. No, there was this unity and this understanding of all, the whole picture of what Jesus spoke about and taught about, which is why it's so important that we actually understand what he clearly said. Jesus in uh, John 14, he, this is this amazing um, conversation. He says, if you love me, keep my commands. And then he says a little bit more. And then he says, whoever has my commands and keeps them is the one who loves me. And then he says a little bit more. And he says, anyone who loves me will obey my teaching. And then he says a little bit more. And he says, anyone who does not love me will not obey my teaching. He's getting the point across. That, that, that if, we, if we love Jesus, if, if we have, have surrendered our heart to him, if our heart's desire is to follow him, then as a disciple, as a follower, as a learner, it is to not only take what he says to us and we hear from him, but it just does something inside of us that transforms and changes us that our lives are different. 
couldn't be said any more clearly. To the Jews who had believed him, Jesus said, if you hold to my teaching, you really are my disciples. If you hold to my teaching, then you really are my disciples. So we want to look at what Jesus spoke about, what he taught, and we want that to impact our lives. But that can be hard at times, right? I mean, Jesus said some pretty full-on stuff. There's actually a requirement that means that we have to give up self and things that we desire in order to pursue the things that he has for us. And there's a battle, right? <laughs> and, and we go in and out of this, this discipleship journey of full-on, yes, giving it all to you, and then that's hard. And Jesus found this in his day. <laughs> in John 6, on hearing it, many of his disciples said, this is hard teaching, who can accept it? Man, this is, this is, this is a hard gig. We, we've got to give up stuff here. And from this time, many disciples turned back and no longer followed him. Why? Because this teaching was, was hard. So there's this lifelong journey. Discipleship ultimately is us learning from Jesus, having him as a mentor in order that our lives might mirror his. We are being changed from glory to glory into his likeness. So discipleship is this sense of this, this listening to him, this uh, I mean, last week, the, the, the picture of discipleship was there was Mary at the feet of Jesus, listening in his presence. And there was Martha doing, doing what was told to be done or what was accepted to be done. And, and whilst she was in the vicinity of Jesus, she wasn't in his presence. And, but Mary was. And I just love the fact that we sang that this morning. Let us be aware of your presence because it's in his presence that we hear, in his presence that we, we live in and are changed. And so discipleship ultimately is how we become like Jesus. He is calling each and every one of us to be like him. I came across this great quote, and if there's anything on just the basics of discipleship, um, take this home. It's from Dallas Willard. I know that many of you love uh, some of his books. Discipleship is the process of becoming who Jesus would be if he were you. <laughs> Don't you just love that? It's the process, it's the journey, it's the ongoing learning as a student of becoming who Jesus would be if he was you. <laughs> so that's our understanding of discipleship, and I just wanted to, to sort of lay that foundation, this, this understanding of learning, of a student, of being modelled, of, of, of hearing from Jesus. And then as I was sort of reading and, and praying, uh, this thought came to me, and this is sort of where I want to go this morning, um, and I'm trusting that it's a bit off-centre, but I just feel led to just share this and I'll just pray that it's just an encouraging message to you. 
And that is, as we look at the disciples in the Gospels who were with him every day, who listened to his teaching, who, who had Jesus as their model to follow, they learnt from Jesus and they had that model to him. But there was one thing that they actually asked Jesus to teach them. Even though they were with him this whole time, in the Gospels, there's only one time that the disciples say, teach us. The rest was all just through, through watching. And I don't know about you, but if, if you were one of Jesus' disciples and you had an opportunity to ask Jesus to teach you something, what would it be? Like, I don't know, raise the dead. That's a good one. I'd, I'd, can you just teach me how you do the raise the dead thing? Joe and I were talking about our, our food budget. It's getting out of hand again. The kids are eating too much. And I thought, hey, man, the loaves and fishes bit, that would be great. Teach me, teach, teach us how to do that bit, Jesus. That will really help us out. No, but out, out of all the things that Jesus did and experienced, they said, teach us how to pray. They asked Jesus, how do we pray? Isn't that interesting? Out of all the things they could ask, how do Teach us, Lord, how to pray. Because I believe that they saw something in Jesus that they didn't see in the other rabbis, in the other teachers. And the gospel writers talk about it all the time. Again, Jesus went off to pray. Jesus left the crowd and went up the mountain to pray. As was his custom, he left and went to pray. And they saw this behaviour in Jesus. And they could 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 connect what Jesus was doing and when he went alone to be in the presence of God, that's what praying is. It's not instructing God, but it's being constructed. Jesus was being constructed to live out his earthly ministry by preparing himself to pray and, and, and able to pray. See, I think we we as followers of Jesus have this prayer life that is kind of post an experience. So something happens and we go, oh, I should pray about that. Or, oh, I really need help here. Lord, help me because this thing has happened. And yet I think what Jesus was doing when he's constantly going away to pray is his his post-praying enabled to live out his earthly ministry. I mean, Jesus, before he came to do what Jesus came to do, he spent 40 days fasting and praying in the desert by himself. And it's the start of Lent, and it's interesting that that lands on today. But Jesus prepared for what he was going to go do. He was ready for it rather than reacting to it. There's this great story in Mark chapter 9. I don't have time to look, look at it right now, but a father brought his, his son to the disciples and they tried to deliver this, this boy and they couldn't do it. Now, out of all of the people who were, who were qualified, the disciples were kind of, apart from Jesus, 
you know, the, the, the ones who, who had the qualification here to, to deliver this boy, but they, they, couldn't, they couldn't do it. And, and, and the disciples pull Jesus aside and they say, can, can we just have a word with you, Jesus? Uh, why couldn't we deliver the boy? And Jesus' answer is really, really interesting. He says, this kind of deliverance requires prayer and some manuscripts, they say fasting. So this type of ministry, this type of deliverance actually requires prayer and fasting. And then Jesus goes and delivers them. So where's the prayer and fasting for Jesus in that moment? It's already happened. He, he was prepared and he'd, he'd done the prayer and he'd done the fasting and he was at that point of being able to, to do it, not, not post, but pre. It reminds me of that uh, famous slogan you might see on the, the churches as you drive past, you know, seven days without prayer makes one week, as in week, not a week of, you know. Because there's this sense of being, being ready for it and, 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 and that sort of thing. So teach us to pray. The disciples said, Lord, we see something in that. We see something in the, the power that comes from, the, the readiness, the experience, the, the, the preparedness that comes from actually going to be with God. Because prayer isn't about getting stuff from God. It's about getting his heart. It's about understanding his heart. This is great. Um, proverb that I love in Proverbs 4, it says, watch over your heart because out of it all the issues of life flow. So by keeping my heart in line with God's heart, the right things flow from it. But when I allow distance to come between my heart and God's heart, I've got to fight to do the right things. I'm in that reactionary space. When the disciples asked Jesus, teach us how to pray, they weren't looking for a prescriptive prayer. They weren't saying, if we f- say these lines or if we follow this order, that's, how we're, that's, that's the question we're asking the answer to. No, they're, they're like, man, there is something in when Jesus takes himself off, when he is just in the presence of God, when he is alone, he comes back and there's, there's power in that. that this is, if, if we want to follow Jesus, there's, there's one thing Jesus did that was above and beyond all of the other teachers at the time, and that was his connection with the Father. And he kept that so close to his heart and he kept it ongoing, 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 and he never, never, never left it. And so if we want to, if we want to be... Christians, little little Christs, if we want to be followers of Christ, then then we we've got to follow and and follow that that way of living. Jesus, before he went to the cross, he went where? He went to the garden to pray, to prepare himself. 
Jesus knew what he was doing. Jesus was about to head to the cross to forgive your sins, to make you right with God, to do all that was necessary to, to bring you back into right relationship with Jesus. If you're here this morning and you don't know what Jesus has done for you, I want to I pray for you at the end that, that, that the knowledge of that great sacrifice, that Jesus came and he willingly went to the cross to die for you, to take the place that you should have been there because of the sinful nature that we have, but he didn't, he didn't consider you, you going that place. He, he loves you so much. He loves you so much that he died for you and he took that place. But not only that, he took that upon himself to the grave and he buried it and it's no longer there so that that sin no longer can separate you and God. You have the opportunity to be as Jesus was. When he went to the mountain to pray, he was, he was so close and connected to, to God. And he's made that opportunity open to you at the cross by raising his to, to life again. And, and that's for you this morning. That's what you can come to experience and know in your heart. But as Jesus was there, at, um, he went to the garden to pray before heading to the cross. And he said in all Gospels, he says this same thing. He says, watch and pray that you do not fall into temptation. Watch and pray that you do not fall into temptation. And if, if we turn this, this sentence around, we, we, could, we could say something like this. We... We seem to live and experience a lot of temptation that we wouldn't need to live if we watched and prayed. We, we are experiencing the consequences of, of a lot of stuff in our lives because we're not simply following the instruction to, to be on that front foot, to pray beforehand. And it's, and it's where we're doing the post-prayer after the temptation comes. Jesus is saying, watch and pray so that you don't fall into temptation. Be prepared in your prayer life. Be prepared in your connection with God so that when temptation comes your way, your heart and God's heart is close and you can easily say no to that, which is what he goes on to say. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. The spirit is willing to what? The spirit is willing to pray. We are designed by God to be in connection with him. The, the spirit in us is connected to him and, and, and there is the willingness in our spirit to be close to God. But our flesh, it's weak. Our flesh doesn't want to pray. Our, our flesh doesn't want to take time out to be still, to go to the mountaintop to pray. I don't have time. I've got things to do. I've got work to tick off. I've got things to sort out. So a good prayer life is where the spirit is over the flesh. I want to just finish 
And I hope it's, hope it's come across really strongly this morning. If we love Jesus and obey his commands, if we want to live a life of discipleship, if we want Jesus to be our model and us to learn from him, our master, not only do we learn the, the teachings, but we learn the lifestyle. We learn the way to live as Jesus lived And Jesus prioritised his prayer life. Jesus prioritised time alone. Jesus prioritised being close to God. Not just when we come on a Sunday, not just when the Bible app puts a prayer on our thing, but Jesus was intentional about drawing away. Now, I don't know about you, but when I pray, I'm just so distracted and it takes time to actually be still and to know that he is God. We had a, a prayer meeting on, on Thursday night and if you want to be involved in prayer and, and get around others, can I encourage you to come along? It's a great time. But quite often there's a bit of stillness and there's this, there's this time that, that comes where kind of getting all the stuff out of our heads and and blockages and distractions, and, and there's just quiet. And we need that quiet because it's in the quiet that then he begins to speak. We begin to hear from the Lord. He is, he is there and he's present. So I want, I want us to do something this morning. I want to invite the, the music team up. And we're going to stand... And we're going to just sing the first verse of a song. And then just as we were encouraged to do in the song that we sang about, let us be aware of your presence. Let us be in in your goodness. I want us just to be still. might be uncomfortable. You might not know what to do. You might not have experienced that before. But it's in the stillness, it's in the quietness that the Lord speaks to us and he whispers to us and he directs our path and he teaches us and he guides us. And so, team, we're going to just stand on our feet and, Lord, we just pray that as we sing this song and as we follow Jesus' example of intentionally coming now to be in your presence. As we follow Jesus' example to to hear from you, to be filled with your presence, with your spirit that encourages us and builds us up, Lord, we just pray that in the quiet you would speak, that you would have your way amongst us. And if there is anything that we need to hear from you, Lord, open our ears and our hearts that we might hear your voice speaking into our hearts. That we might be praying in a way that doesn't instruct you, but that constructs us, that fuels us, that prepares us. So Lord, we just pray that you be with us now in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's let's sing this song. And then after we've sung this verse a couple of times, 
let's just continue standing. Maybe you want to open up your hands as a, as a posture of being open to the Lord, speaking. But just allow this time. Set it aside as Jesus set aside to just say, Lord, speak, your servant is listening. I want to be a follower of you. I want to learn from you. What is it that you have for me? What is it that you have for my heart? Jesus at the center of it all. Jesus at the center of it all. To the end, it will always be, it's always been you. just as Avril just just fades out just going to have a time of just being still let us be still and know that he is God that he is sovereign over all things that he desires to lead and guide and speak right now let's stand and be still Just while we're still in this quiet moment, just want to, and before we conclude our time, is there anyone who just feels like they're hearing from the Lord? You might have a word, you might have a something that the Lord is speaking to you in your heart that you might want to share with us that would encourage us. morning what I was really sensing about discipleship the word love came through that that as as we become disciples of Jesus it's all about love and when we wake up in the morning if we say to ourselves well, how can we be more loving today what can we do because as we outwork love because God is love that's when we grow too and we become more like Jesus because it's love that brings us there. Thank you. Um, this song came to me. It's a short song. It's none but Jesus. In the quiet, in the stillness, I know that you are God. In the secret of your presence, I know there I am restored. When you call, I won't refuse. Each new day, again, I'll choose. There is no one else for me, none but Jesus. Crucified to set me free, now I live to bring him praise. Let's see. The word that I felt that the Lord showed me was intimacy. And for 
many of us, intimacy is something we're afraid of. Even in our relationships, our personal relationships, that real in closeness with someone, we, we, we don't want pe people to see us as we really are inside. But I just felt the Lord was saying, I love you so much, just the way you are. You can always come to me. You can always talk to me because it's in that intimacy with Jesus that we find rest for our souls. We find answers to our prayers. Uh, and don't be afraid of intimacy because it's, it's a blessing that God has given us in our human situation but also in our God-given relationship with him. Anyone else just had a felt like the the Lord was just speaking to them in that quiet moment? I'm gonna let's sing that song again. And as we sing, I I also want to just give an opportunity for for people to respond personally. Perhaps intimacy is a hard thing for you. And we're talking about our hearts being connected with God and you're like, oh, I don't know about that. And you want prayer. You want, you want a breakthrough. You want to remove that barrier. Can I encourage you to come as we sing this last song, as we conclude our time? Our, our prayers will be out the front and perhaps Mike and, and Dan and the leadership team as well here just to come down the front I also just want to put that call out as well. If you don't know Jesus, when he called his disciples, he took them out of a place of just normality and everydayness, and he gave them an extraordinary life. Jesus is calling you to an extraordinary life if you, can, if you just would, would put aside yourself and come and follow Jesus. And that's an opportunity for you this morning as well. So if you either want prayer to get closer to God, have, have strategies to, to open up your, your prayer life, or if you just want to, for the first time, say, Lord, I want to give my life to Jesus, would you come forward as we sing this song again and we'll pray for you and then we'll conclude our time together. center of it all Jesus at the center of it all that the prayer team and the leaders that Sam called could come forward now that would be great Mike and Dan and Team, thank you. Isn't it good just to be, to sit and be? Thank you for those who spoke those words love, intimacy, and being quiet and still before God. That were the three things that came through to me through that. Just as we're closing just want to re reiterate that 
this space here is open to continue to be quiet before the Lord and just to come before Him with any any requests that you have, any anything that's on your heart that you want to respond to Him. Just respond. And I just wanted to share one thing, one practical thing. Do you, I don't know if you do this, but if you're getting in your car and you go somewhere and then you, just before you get out, you check your phone for messages or emails or something or maybe Facebook or Instagram or whatever, and then you get out and go to the supermarket or pick up your kids or whatever. What if, what if we replace that with one minute of silence, recognising that Jesus is there with us? What if we stopped just at those little transition points through the day, just for one minute to go, Lord, you're here. I'm just going to be still and silent before you prepare me for the next thing that I'm doing in my day. Just take that and, and try it and see what happens. Yeah. Thank you, Lord, for being with us this morning. Thank you for all that you are doing. Thank you for calling us. Give us hearts that respond to you wholeheartedly, knowing that you have paid this, paid the punishment, paid the debt so that we can come before the Father. And we pray that you would bless each of us as we go before, go into the week, that we would stop and notice you and that you would bring great fruit in our lives from that. In Jesus' name, amen. Please stay and come and have a coffee. And maybe you've got questions for the baristas about what it would take to do the training. Go and ask them. <laughs>